So normally, Laura, when we kick off these episodes, we have to look to you to give us our funny inspiration. Now we are miles apart with dangly headphones hanging from our ears. What do you got? What do you got for us to kick us off? I don't even know what day it is. You're not talking into that microphone that you're holding up to your face. I am. You're not. I have had so no. many technical de- difficulties in the last two weeks so we can do this stupid podcast. And now you're telling me that it's not even working. It's not. But the best part is you keep holding it up to your mouth and you keep talking into it. I tested it earlier and it was working. Fine. Sound great, Lori. Sound great. Yeah. So, yeah, the podcast, it's back. We took a week off from from all that's gone on in the world. We've only missed a week, but we are back. I'm not going to say that we're better than ever, but we're something. Um, And my sister is our guest. Go figure. It's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Have you prepared what you're going to say for the, the intro, since you're part of the intro now? We're doing a new oh. intro? Yes, we have to do an intro. Your Are face. you prepared? Why? <laughs> God, no, I'm not. <laughs> no? Aww. Season three, you got to be in it. That's probably what it was, so you already did it. It's already done. <laughs> <laughs> intro over. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, on his it's always right here. here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part What's, fruit. What, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back. This is the first ever, maybe last ever... Probably last. Probably last. <laughs> remote COVID-19 cold oatmeal podcasts. Uh, yeah, this is going to be, this has been weeks. You'll know by the production quality of this episode, how long we have taken to prepare for this, the time, effort, money, the Amazon man has been coming back and forth to our houses, delivering products that we think we're going to make this sound awesome. None of them work. And so we are all staring at each other on a zoom camera uh, on our laptops, speaking into bad microphones, but we're here. It's the first time. Of this, maybe we'll see. Maybe if it goes well, we can do these every day. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, we are on lockdown, and so we are at home. We are also at reschstrategies.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Resh Strategies and this highly produced, wonderful sounding podcast will be soon loaded to places like iTunes, Spotify, and some other great places. So if you do listen to podcasts on those places, uh, follow us, rate us, review us. This will be an episode, I think, that will deserve many, 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 many stars. Um, <clears throat> maybe one at a time. Maybe one at a time. <laughs> but many of them. <laughs> 
So normally at this point in the podcast, I would look around the room and I would give someone a, 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 st- a glare and say, okay, team, introduce yourself. Um, I could do the, the thing I'm doing on our weekly or daily calls and just point at a box on the screen, not realizing that no one knows who I'm pointing at. So maybe I'll just start with what I see. And that's you, Stephanie. You're in the upper left-hand corner of my screen. So let's go around with you first. Okay. This is Stephanie Vancouvering. Awesome. Nick, you're right below her. Well, and here I am. Nick DeLue is here. Nick DeLue. Laura Beal is to his right. Laura Beal's and here. And her fancy new microphone that she's holding up to her mouth, even though it doesn't work. It does work. No. No. Oh. <laughs> And then Joe. Hello. Hey, Joe. Joe, are you there? Joe? I'm here. Joe, I can't hear you. Okay. You, you, so you gonna... actually, he does sound a ways away, doesn't he? He does. That's fine. He's just the sound guy. So this is, a, this is episode 54 of the podcast. And I think this is the third time we will have had a family member of one of ours on the podcast. I think everybody else was a Beshi. Right? Like Catherine? Catherine and my dad, yeah. Catherine and Joe's dad. Uh, so joining us on the podcast today is my sister. And I would say Yay. that this was like an honor of siblings day, but that, I didn't even know that existed until like two days ago when everyone was posting pictures of siblings day. But my sister, Allison Brininger, is joining us remotely from St. Paul, Minnesota. How's it going, Allie? Good. Thanks for having That's, me. You got Welcome. snow? I do have snow, middle of April, blizzard outside. So I'm not, even though we could talk about her being my sister for a while, I'm sure she has, she has stuff to say on that topic, but that's not why we had her on. We had her on one because we thought if this whole thing sucked <laughs> and the sound didn't work and nothing, <laughs> nothing about it went well, well, at least do it with a family member. So we won't offend anyone too badly and, and burn any bridges. So that's, that was reason number one. Number two, Father's Day is approaching. And I think that, um, actually, it's, it's a ways away. But I think our dad will be pretty tickled when he gets the podcast sent to him, whatever, if this ever gets produced. And he sees that his daughter is a guest on the podcast. I think will make him happy. I mean, both but, of us are off the hook for getting him a present this year. I think that's, yeah, I think we could. We did, a, Owen and Cooper did a podcast for him for, for Father's Day a couple of years ago. That just, that did the, did the trick. It was like four minutes. They talked. It was good. Gift right. delivered. Good, thanks. Um, but the real reason is that you are, and I'm going to let you talk about what this is, the creator and the author behind a website uh, called negativespace.life. So negativespace.life. Uh, Allie and her uh, husband, Sean, I've been through quite a bit over the last number of years, and that website was a project that uh, she kicked off a few years ago to talk about it. And I thought as a PR firm, um, for someone who kind of got into a new business of writing and, and marketing themselves on a website, this would be a, a good topic to have. So, Allie, the floor is yours. What is negative space? Sure. So just a little bit of background. So my husband, Sean, is 41 and about nine years ago was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease called Fanconi anemia. And so that meant that he had bone marrow failure, needed a bone marrow transplant. And then since then, um, the disease is, makes you a thousand percent more likely to get head and neck cancers. And so in the last nine years, he has had 
Um, tongue cancer, half of his tongue removed. Throat cancer, he had radiation and chemo. Bladder cancer, had his bladder removed. Um, and other, all the other cancers. So he is constantly being screened um, and having surgeries and treatments for that. And so in the last nine years, I have been thrown into the role of being a caregiver for him. And as sort of a therapeutic um, practice, I started writing about it and actually thought, once I started writing, thought, this, you know, this isn't so bad. Maybe I'll write a book. And you PR people might appreciate this, that I read the book, um, Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. And he basically was like, you can't write a book and then just put it out there. If nobody knows who you are, you have to like build a, build a following and you have to put yourself out there along the way. And so instead of writing the book, I decided to make a website. And actually it was Matthew hooked me up with a local, I think a Michigan guy, right? A website designer, David. Yep. Mm -hmm. David Prinia, Prinia, yeah. Prinia Design. Yeah. And so he was the one I was going to, well, first I was going to just have my website be like mathslittlesister.com. That was taken. That was taken. So, that was taken. So I, I already was bought gonna, it. <laughs> so I was going to be just alisonbrineer.com, but it was David actually who said, you know, you got to have a thing. You got to have a shtick. What's your thing? And so um, it was actually the design on my shower curtain that one day I was looking at that and realized it was just a pattern. But as I was looking at it, it made me real think of the concept of negative space in art where there's a thing that you're focused on and you're looking at, but really around and between and behind it is all this other stuff that's happening. That's really like informing the picture and that people don't notice and they don't appreciate, but without it, the whole picture would be different. And so that made me think about caregivers and how at almost every doctor's appointment, there's a caregiver sitting there. We're holding the burden. We're doing so much work and yet we're very, unseen and unappreciated um, and very few caregivers talk about it. And so that's where the concept of negative space um, was born was from that shower curtain and from that push from David. Um, since then, I've actually been told by a lot of literary agents that you actually authors should have the website be their name, but I am glad that David pushed me to that because it opened up a whole, a whole other thing around that concept of negative space so since that's, why then, that's why you don't take advice from graphic designers um, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to what to name your website. You built me a beautiful website though. You so that's very nice. Um, yeah. So I write on the website. I write just really honestly about what caregiving is like, um, which I find is something that people don't talk about. And for a whole number of reasons that I've thought of and I'm on social media and I sort of post pictures and talk about what's our daily life like um, in this caregiving world um, I do public speaking and I'm starting to be hired as a writer for other um, organizations and also now starting to work with organizations that support um, like different diseases. So in, even in those organizations, they do all these things for the patients and there's very little done for the, for the caregivers. And so working with organizations to help them think about how can they build in caregiving supports and recognition into everything that they do. Because as a caregiver, I go to a lot of websites, I type in caregiver into the search bar and nothing pops up. And so we are very unseen, even though we do a lot of work. So I'm going to ask my colleagues here. I see lots of nodding. But if any of you, if you want to say something, give me a little, give me a little, a little air gun, something finger gun at the screen. So I, so I know you got something to say. Um, and I'll, I'll make sure I, I don't talk over you. But so Allie, it was, did you find this caregiving um, topic to be one that people had spent much time thinking about? Or was there resistance to the idea of promoting the, the 
the role of caregiving and the caregiver? I wouldn't say there was resistance, but it, it wasn't happening. And that's part of what sort of um, prompted me to start doing it is that I, what I found was that when people did talk about their role as a caregiver, they would say, I'm just so blessed and I'm just so grateful that I get to be the person to take care of my, of my husband or my mother or whatever. And then they would stop with that and they would never go to say, and this is actually really, really hard. And I just stopped and thought like, why, why is no one talking about how hard it is? Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons. I think people feel like they're not the patient, so they can't say that it's hard or they're just, this is what a spouse is supposed to do. But I mean, I'll tell you that I do much more than a typical spouse does or that I did before I was a caregiver. And so I think I just saw that it was a hole out there. People weren't talking about it. Um, there has started to be a bit of a change, I feel like, but it's still a long ways off that caregivers are still very much unseen. And when they are talked about or when they talk about their role, they still sugarcoat a lot. Talk a little bit about Sean. You mentioned all the things that he's had removed. Uh, One thing that is very much intact is his sense of humor um, and his, and his spirit. It's really remarkable. He is always the, the, the center of attention on our, our new family weekly zoom calls, uh, making, making everyone laugh, but how is Sean doing? You know, he's, he's doing well. He, um, you know, we're in a strange time and he has a compromised immune system and he is in kidney failure. And so all of those mean that he can't get COVID. Right. And so, um, two and a half weeks ago, he all of a sudden had a 102 fever. And typically, you know, we know the protocol of what are the things to do. Typically it would be like, we just hop in the car and go to the ER, but these are different times. And so we had to go through a different protocol because you can't just show up at the ER. And so we had to call, call the um, triage line and all of that stuff, um, went to the ER. And then something that's also different now is there's no visitors allowed. So I am always there for every appointment, every hospitalization, every everything. And we walked in and they said, you know, no visitors. And I said, I'm not a visitor. I'm his wife. And they said, yeah, that doesn't count. So I had to drop him off at the ER um, and leave. And then he was inpatient for two days and I couldn't be there the whole time. So fortunately, sorry, I should have cut to the chase earlier. He did not have COVID, um, had a different kind of infection, but um, we had been keeping him so isolated here, obviously. And to send him to the hospital was also terrifying just because there's all kinds of germs there. So I hope that at this point we are, I think, out of the window of concern that he may have picked something up while he was there. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we, we're doing all the precautions times 100 just because he is very much in the high risk category. And you were doing that already. I mean, you were, that was kind of your life to be already. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ever since he had a bone marrow transplant. I mean, so many of the things that people are doing now, they're washing their hands. Imagine that. And they're like wiping things down with Clorox wipes and staying home when they're sick. And so all those things are just the way we've always lived. And so I've had a lot of people contact me recently and say, oh, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get that this is how you guys always feel. Um, I mean, certainly it's like turned up for us now, but um, this is kind of our reality. And I hope that as we get out of this, that people remember that and they remember that there are people who like caregivers and people with chronic illness who this is the way we feel all the time about seeing people sneeze. Um, yeah. Nick. And it's a, obviously a a really tough road that you're walking every day. Um, 
And you know, I, having walked through just a, a little bit for a short time myself last year with my dad, um, where I, we sort of, I was blessed to have a lot of siblings around me that helped juggle the, the, the load um, of caring for, for our dad as he passed. But um, just understanding that and having walked through it myself, it can be so overwhelming at times, the, the tasks that are associated with it. You know, there's always another med to give. There's always another, you know, temperature to check. There's always something else going on. And yet you, you found time to, to do the writing, to do the website. What's your process like? Does, does something strike you in the middle of a, a therapy session or strike you in the middle of a treatment and you, you jot down notes or, or do you have to make time for yourself in the middle of the night? I mean, how, how do you manage to produce the, the content that you're producing while you're, I mean, living two lives really, you know, your mm -hmm. own li life and, and the life of a caregiver? Yeah, that's a good question, Nick. Thanks. Um, and it's actually, I would even say probably more than two lives. I'm, I work full time. We have a 13 year old daughter. Um, and I'm a caregiver. I'm trying to be a, you know, a professional writer. So multiple hats. Um, I think that, yeah, sometimes people, writers say that you should write from your scars, not from your wounds, but actually I do the opposite. Like for me, it's really helpful in the moment to see something, um, experience something and then turn that into writing. And so for me, it's, it's very much from the wounds that are happening. And so, and I think it also helps me process in the moment of what's happening. You know, we have been through just a ridiculous amount of traumatic events in the last nine years. And so to be able to see, see and make some sense or to be able to talk about something in the moment. So I'm sort of always kind of logging things. Um, and then it's in those, you know, rare quiet moments of, of um, a Saturday morning or early morning that I tend to put it down. And a lot of the writing I do is sort of like, freestyle too. So because that gives me some permission to not have to make it perfect. And so I don't have to spend quite as much time, you know, worrying about all of the editing. And it's more just sort of like, here's how I'm feeling right now and out it comes, which I think also ends up speaking to people too, because it, it's more about their, what their thought process sounds like too. Yeah. And, and authenticity is so valuable. And, and, you know, you can tell when something's fake Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and you're, and you're, you're moved by what's authentic. So, right. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. What about um, your daughter? I mean, 13 is certainly not an easy age under normal circumstances. How is she coping with everything that's going on? And how do you work with her? For sure. So our daughter, Maya, is 13. Yeah, she was adopted from Haiti. So there's just all kinds of things, you know, that she has lived through already in her short life. Um, but he was diagnosed when she was four. So, you know, he was having a bone marrow transplant when she was in kindergarten. You know, she's was visiting him in the hospital with her little mask on. Um, so this is really part of her reality. Um, you know, she knows to like run and help with the this or the that or the whatever. Um, and I think that, you know, I think, and she has said this too, that it's just sort of what she knows. I mean, sometimes he like after a hospital stay, he'll come home and it'll take her a couple of hours to be like, oh yeah, you're here and you weren't here. It's cool. Hey, welcome home, dad. You know, just because it's sort of what we do. Um, I think there are certainly, I mean, she is older now, so she understands things like the risk of what's happening in the world right now. This morning he woke up with sort of a grovelly voice and she's like, does he have COVID? Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of half joking, but I think there's some seriousness in that as well. So, so she's aware, but she, you know, all the things I worry about that she's gone through in her life and, you know, really she's just like worried about the cute boy and 
her hairstyle and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of, we try to keep things. Shout out to Ty. <clears throat> oh man. <laughs> you said his name. <laughs> it's a good thing. This is a Michigan. Uh, it usually take, it takes, it takes our dad about six seconds in our family zoom calls on Sundays before he drops Ty's name in, into the, into the call. And then my usually squeals and runs away and doesn't come back to the call. True. <laughs> do, do you approve mom? Do you approve of Ty? Well, he's not even a thing. I mean, it's oh, it's, okay. it's just a... How do you guys even know about Ty? That's what I want to know. I would never reveal that if I were... You're a boy. You're a boy. Right. Yeah. And I think also, you know, being an only child and whatever, she just, you know, she tells us all the things. And now we're the only people she gets to talk to, so... <laughs> Joe, you're also a liar. You're a liar. No. And, the, and the people on this podcast know why I'm calling you a liar. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave that out there for our listeners to read. That's for later. Like. That's for later in the episode. <laughs> so I didn't know until you called me a couple, three years ago or whenever it was and said you wanted to start a website to be a writer. And I'm like, since when do you write? I mean, <laughs> I've known you, I've known you my, your whole life. <laughs> I didn't know that you were a writer. Have you always, when, I mean, when did you figure out this was something you like to do and are obviously good at it? Thank you. Um, I think, I mean, the writer, like even like using that term is something I think that people struggle with. And I'm just now that I'm starting to get paid for it, I'm starting to feel like, oh, maybe I, maybe I can call myself that. Right. Cause it's something that everybody does in one form or another. And so it's sort of like, what, when do we get to call ourselves that? So I think it's something that, I mean, don't you remember, Matthew, I won the young authors award for my groundhog story in second grade. So, I mean, it's been going on for a long, long time. Now now that you mention it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think that, I mean, you know, and it's part of my work, I've done writing, but it's always just been sort of part of other things I've done and something I've liked to do. I think that along, especially when Sean was first diagnosed, I did a lot of, we had a uh, lots of helping hands website, which is sort of like a caring bridge type of thing. And people, even when I was giving updates would say, you know, you're pretty good at this. So I think it's when I started doing it on my own and then thought, you know, I'll just put this out there, see what, the, what happens. And um, it's kind of sticking. How have you found the process of getting it out there? Mm. The, the marketing of yourself or have yeah. you, are you actively trying to do that or are you just putting out the content and hoping that good content is rewarded with lots of eyes and shares? Well, I think I've learned that that's not how it works, right? And so it's been a slow, I mean, it's a slow process. I mean, I think, you know, I, I have, my following has grown, um, but I think. That's what we're banking on, on the podcast. That was actually reason number four <clears throat> that we had you on because we're looking to grow the, grow our listenership. And so we were looking for people now that we can do this remotely so well that I thought, how do we get people with huge followings <laughs> to be on the podcast so that we can use those followings to, um, promote ourselves well hopefully my thousands of people will come to you and your six people will come to me and it'll just work out right the plan (laughs) yeah it has i mean i i think that that's part because you know i said started this by saying i was going to write a book and the book hasn't happened yet and part of that is because all of this as you all know and the work you do takes a lot of work right and so instagram and facebook and Twitter, you know, all the different ways and each of those looks different. And I find that the people who follow me on Instagram are very different from the people who follow me on Facebook. And so sort of learning and tweaking, you know, um, I also have found that what people tend to really um, 
like are more of our stories. Like I can write something that is more of a article type piece, but what people love is when I talk about our family, you know, and when I, when it's that real stuff, I mean, they can get articles other places, but it's when I really get, get real and into the negative space of like, here's something that happened at our house today that that's when people really respond. So I'm trying to pay attention to those things to lean into those when I can, but to also be authentic to what I'm trying to tell. But I mean, it's, if only there was a really good PR firm out there that could help me. It's really exhausting. You know, I mean, it's a lot, (laughs) a lot of work to try to figure that out. Um, And I think a lot of that that then takes away from the writing time too. Just trying to get yourself out there. So I'm trying to find that balance. Okay. Well, it is negative space. Oh, the negative. I'm sorry. The negative space dot life. That's the website where you can check out my sister, Allie, um, as she writes about Sean and life as a caregiver. Thanks for being our guinea pig. No, on this. She's not done. She's not done. Oh, you're not done. Steph's she's got another done. question. Okay. I do. I want to hear oh, some embarrassing Matt stories. <laughs> I think there's an, there's an internet outage in Minnesota. She was telling me before we got started that the internet was fuzzy. I think this is when Nick's kids come running in screaming. <laughs> no, it's I keep pressing quiet. Mute. <laughs> yeah. It's quiet. Embarrassing mad stories. She, she's going to have to, we don't have time because she's going to have, it's going to take her so long to think, to think right? of one. It's just going to be dead air. That's a very bad podcast. Sure. Dead air. Joe can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take you time. take your time. It's just, nothing's happening. You're just sitting there. So. It's true. We're on lockdown. Um, I mean, there aren't any things like popping up, you know, so Matthew's five years old. I told old. you. you. Well, you said they were going to ask. Yeah. Anyway. Matt often complains that you're the favorite child. Would you agree with that? Is that, is that true or is. I mean, I think that, so there were a lot of books on the shelves growing up that my parents bought when, when Matthew was growing up that were, were things like the spirited child and how to take <laughs> care of the, you know, the child, the wild child and all of that. So so the, the strong-willed child or something like that? What's oh, yeah. that? Adoption, yeah. The strong-willed child. Yes, the yeah. strong-willed child. Yes. So I think there are a lot of books that were needed um, to help. So help we're, we're seeing a strong parallel between Matt and Cooper, for example? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back around, Cooper right? is my punishment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking I was remembering a story. This is This is probably something Coop would do, is that we, the ice cream truck was coming down the street. I don't know if you remember this. And we were not supposed to, you go for whatever reason, we were not supposed to go get anything from that ice cream truck. And you snuck out with some money and got, and for some reason it was like this, like, it was like a thumb. It was like a bubble gum thumb. It was like a thumb in the shape. I don't know. It's disgusting. Wasn't it the foot? Like, Wasn't it a foot where the toes were little bubble gum drops? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Something gross that the ice cream it man was disgusting. And you <laughs> snuck out and bought it. And then mom found it and put it down the garbage disposal, which is what I remember that like this, this foot or thumb or whatever was like spinning <laughs> around and being chopped up. So I, feel I like remember that. I remember that. I remember thinking that my parents were ridiculously mad about that, like way over the way madder than they should have been for me right. to sneak it out and buy an ice cream from the right. ice cream man. But I feel like there were a lot of stories like that, like you finding your Lincoln logs before Christmas and then 
getting them taken away. I don't know. Boy, like, you guys have these are the wild house. Yeah, these are just <laughs> pathetic bad stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the Resch family didn't really light it up. With, with One time stories. Matt talked back to mom and it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how much did you pay her not to say embarrassing things about you? I don't think she, I mean, there's plenty of stuff. I don't think if she had gone to college with me, she would have right. more stories, but mm-hmm. that was, that was not, that was not. Those the are more of the legends that I've heard. Next guest on the podcast, Ben Bodkin. Yeah. Right. There, you Benny. there you go. Yeah. I do remember. Well, maybe should, I shouldn't say this. No, say no, it. You, you started you it. Should. Should. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a time that I remember that there, you had snuck out at night, but like preemptively turned off all the ringers on all the phones in the house <laughs> up for the phone in my bedroom oh. so that in the middle of the night when you needed to be picked up you the, you would call and only my phone would ring <laughs> so that i would Always hear been mom very strategic which that is a good plan that's good that was very creative mm-hmm. so, yeah i remember that we won't say why you needed to be picked up or who you were with. No, we can leave that. <clears throat> um, <laughs> How disappointed is your dad going to be to learn that your sister was a co-conspirator? It's true. May take her down the, a peg or two. The favorite child. Yeah. Right. Yep. She can cover well, that, for him now because she's the favorite. She can be like, I approved it. <laughs> All will be well. <laughs> she was a nice girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Allie. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Ah. Thank the you. negative space dot life. Um, check it out. And on Instagram we'll, at neg space life. Neg space life. Okay. Yeah. All right. Check it out and we'll be right back. Thanks. Okay, we are back. Still online, still remote. How'd it go, Joe? How do you think that went? Uh, poorly, but we got a <laughs> podcast, so whatever. I mean, she was great, but uh, I, I'm guessing this sounds terrible. So sorry to everyone. Well, that's all right. It's just your fault. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I've had these weeks. are extenuating circumstances. I think our listenership will understand. They'll be proud of us for making the effort. Yeah. The best part, though, is that we didn't even have Nikki and her Echo in her empty house calling in because she couldn't join us because of the construction happening at her house. But yeah. What's up would, with Carly, too? She bailed. She had nothing to do. She could have been on. Yeah. It was, I don't know. She, doesn't, she doesn't work on Tuesdays. Oh, whatever. <laughs> this she is, still has school, Joe. She doesn't have school. <laughs> Nobody has school. Okay. So, Laura, I think we do have a Twitter poll. Nikki's we do, there, but is there a, do we have a, is there a Twitter poll? We do. I think you made up a, or not you. I think that there's a interesting word created in this poll. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> it's the question was, you only have one TV show available to watch while you're Corona teen. <laughs> what would it be? And the, the options were friends, masterpiece theater, Grey's Anatomy and Frasier. Now these were 
what I understand is these were nominations from all of you. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. N- not from, not from one of us. <laughs> one of us got left out and, and I'm sure that my suggestion would have led the, the entire field. Uh, yeah. So we, I guess before we get the results, what would your suggestion have been? I, I landed on Batman, the animated series <laughs> and, and, and every Clearly parent, every parent of boys um, would have gone along with me. I would have got zero votes. Uh, The winner with 43% was Friends, but Frasier was close behind with 38.2%. But you could not pay me to watch Frasier. (laughs) You're an idiot. Frasier's Frasier's a good show. Frasier's awesome. Frasier is so dry and boring. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm watching, feel, I'm watching Cheers right now, and I'm almost done, so I have the backstory to jump right back into Fraser for the 700th time. The backstory. I feel that way about Friends, Laura. I, you really? You need to watch Friends, yeah. I'm the same. Friends is... Friends is A handful friends. of self-important, annoying people. You know, I think you're all giving short shrift to Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> Masterpiece Theater is... My grandmother that's not watched a fair that. fair answer. That's like saying, oh, NBC. Like, that's like 50 things. <laughs> it is 50 things. And that's why it's awesome. One you're show. not bored by one cast or one running gag or whatever. You're watching Downton Abbey. You're watching... <laughs> that Dallas. wasn't the question, though. It was pick one show. I did. Masterpiece Theater. No. <laughs> it airs one time each week. No. That's, that's a loophole. That's so Stephanie, though, to take the take a question and then <laughs> to say, no, I reject the premise of this question. I'm going to give an answer the way I want to give an answer. <laughs> what, what did that one get, Laura? Zero percent? Is that? Um, it got nine percent tied with Grey's Anatomy, actually. Downton Abbey probably... would have done better than nine percent had you just said Downton Abbey. <laughs> Yeah, but that would have taken out all of the other brilliant fare that for decades Masterpiece has given us to enjoy and illuminate. Uh-huh. Was Doctor Who on Masterpiece Theater? No. So there were several shows on Masterpiece Theater? I really don't even know. Oh, it's like Isn't all Masterpiece these- Theater kind of like movie of the week. It is, only the movie of the week is usually like Great Expectations <clears throat> or, uh, you know, some great work of literature that's been dramatized over a three or four week period. So you end up with all of these very intellectual, really good things that you generally star really great actors and actresses for like 30 years it's been on TV. So you've got lots and lots of stuff to, to enjoy your Corona team with. <laughs> it's gotta be good. There you go. go Netflix. It's, st- it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so our little experiments about wrapping up here. Um, I think the best part of this episode, maybe no, I don't want to oversell what Joe hasn't hasn't developed yet here. But the it took us some time to get as as good as this is right now, and this is really this is good quality right now. We've made no <laughs> we, progress. <laughs> we've had we've had some fits and starts, to say the least, as as we've tried to get us all hooked up here remotely. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. We had some, I think, I think, I don't think Nikki's having any work done in her house at all. I think she's so sick of us trying to make this work that she just decided she's, she's, she had a bad attitude about it from minute one though. (laughs) Yes, she did. I think she's really grumpy about living in her empty house, even though she insisted on moving in before anything was ready. Now she's living in an empty house 
<laughs> in a construction zone. Yeah. Right. Anyway, and since she can't be on, we can make fun of her. Anyway, <clears throat> Joe's going to put together, I think, some of the, the greatest hits of our uh, rehearsals uh, to wrap the podcast up. This episode, my sister, Allison Brininger, was our guest. She is the author and uh, creator of a website called thenegativespace.life. Check it out. Uh, you can read about her and uh, her family. And uh, for the rest of you guys, anything else to add? We're done. Yeah. I love how you're all, you're all shaking your head at me. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for great. Laura's holding up a picture of cookies. You want to say something about cookies? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Emily Lawler of the All Cookie right. Press for the delicious cookies that she made. That most of them got sent to our clients, but we managed to snag a few for ourselves. And I greatly enjoyed my cold oatmeal and Rush Strategies cookies. They were delicious. Ours lasted Joe, about 15 yours? seconds. They were really good. I had a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Okay. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. This has been uh, the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Okay. Well, let me just go. Steph, I haven't heard you talk yet. Can you talk? Um, sure. I have a sack of sifted thistles. I am a sifted thistle sifter. So, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a tongue twister. A it's sifted, a tongue twister. A sifted thistle sifter. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a sift. I'm a sifted whatever. Jesus. Anyway, the humming stopped when Matt walked away. No, it didn't. I oh it. no, I hear it again. Now yeah. it started. It's back. I'm gonna mute myself and then I'll. So. No, it's still doing it. No, because we had it before Nick got on. Wait. Could it be one on, of our oh. phones? <laughs> Could it be our phones interfering with the microphone? Oh, wait. Hold on. Is it gone? I hear no, it. No. I oh, no, it's back. Right. Also, Matt, it's possible that it won't All be picked right. up when we record. It's true. That might be not be recording, but it might be... Um, Super annoying. Super annoying, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it might be. Okay. Nikki, you look pissed off. I gave up. Like, screw this. Sorry. I'm done. Humming's gone. Humming's gone. No, it's not. No, no, it's just back. back. No, but Nick, it was gone the whole time Nikki was talking. It was. Is it gone when people are talking? No, no, it's just it's. Nikki, keep talking. No, I. <laughs> it's only gone. Nikki, when talk. I'm talking. Nikki, talk. No. <laughs> Nikki no, what is that? To never be quiet. I don't Nikki. think we're close I... to taping a podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna do it in 15 minutes. We got we got 14 minutes to get this ready. <laughs> Hey, bye. I'm joking. Bye.